Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Profit Productivity Podcast. It's your host, Michael Tipper. Who else would it be? So today, I have been continuing with the Positive Intelligence Quotient Development because it's a seven-week program. It is a daily set of activities. So if I come and tell you I've not done it, then I'd be very surprised because I am really bought into the concepts. So I thought it useful to remind you of, or not remind you, to share what's happened today. I'm not trying to make this a... Uh, a complete recollection of what I've been doing in this area throughout every single episode for the remainder of this program. I just want to highlight the key points because I think there are some things here that other people need to be aware of because they are, for me, turning out to be transformational. So we're on the second week of the program. This week is about looking at the judge. And today has been about looking at intercepting the judge of self. So listen to yesterday's episode and the day before in particular not the day before the day before that in particular about the details behind this um because i'm not going to repeat them again because if you've been listening regularly you'll be sick and tired of this but um the judge is not good it's our prime saboteur and so today has been about looking at intercepting the judge of self recognizing that it exists, it will always exist, and it's just the degree of control that you let it have over you uh, that dictates whether it really hijacks what you do. So today's been about looking at that. So with the judge being so firmly ingrained with someone of my age anyway, well, I think even younger ages, um, it's an automatic thing, and so it can creep up on me quite without me knowing about it until it's fully got its grips into me and then I'm overtaken by the negativity it creates. So the secret is to be able to spot it. And it's been quite interesting to see how uh, you do that. But once you've spotted it, the key thing is to weaken it. And the the way of doing that is when you recognise it getting in there, is to actually say, oh, my nasty judge, or give it a name, uh, or, or give it an identity, or at least say, call it my judge to put some distance between you and it, which I think is really powerful. Say, oh, my oh my judge is saying that I don't feel very good about myself. Oh, my judge is saying that I've done a really bad job. Oh, my judge is saying that I'm really frustrated and angry this is happening, rather than saying I'm frustrated or I'm not good enough. And I thought, wow, and it's interesting. It's just really, really powerful to do that. And labelling its input is the way of weakening it and lose, loosening its control on you. And as simple as it sounds, it does work really well. Now, one of the things about today was reminding the difference between judgment and discernment. Because there are stuff, there are bad things that happen. There are things that go wrong. And the trouble is, if we let our judge get in there, a whole lot of negative emotion can come out of it. If we're more discerning about it, I recognizing for what it is and seeing it as an opportunity to try and fix it and do something better, that's going to leave me, you, whoever does it, with positive energy and put them in a much better place to be able to deal with the bad stuff that happens. So it's been quite interesting that today's going to be the focus of that. So there have been three challenges today. The first one was the anticipation of it. So it's common sense when you think about it, but Shirzad said, okay, well, think ahead of the day look at what you've got planned for today and identify situations where you know typically your judge might jump in. So um, things like, so if I had a presentation today, I would have gone, oh, that might be a time when halfway through I might tell myself I'm not doing a good job or at the end I might say, oh, yeah, they liked it, but really if they really knew how bad, that might be an opportunity for for doing it, for example. 
So I anticipating when it could be. Now for me, I knew I was going to be creating a whole lot of videos today. And I knew there was a point when I might get a little bit overwhelmed, tongue-tied and start thinking, oh, I can't do this. So I anticipated that. And then what he says is that when you anticipate what might happen is imagine spotting it, saying it and doing some of the exercises he's been giving us about the self-command muscle. Um, anything ranging from wiggling your toes to monitoring your breathing to labeling the sensations in your body to listening to what you can hear to rubbing your fingertips and thumb together all sorts of things you can do to distract the energy from that part of the brain that is destructive to that part of the brain that is more constructive and imagine yourself doing that and here's the principle that has come out of that for me is that when you start laying down those thought patterns and imagining what you would do if it happened, you lay neural connections in the brain because the brain can't tell the difference between a vividly, uh, real and a vividly imagined event. You start actually creating the neural pathways, which means when it does happen, you're more likely to respond in the way that you have imagined. Genius, absolutely genius. Now, I've, I've, I'm aware of that, but not in this context or with this relevant to myself. So that's probably why I'm a little bit maybe more gushing and enthusing about it than perhaps I need to be. So that was the first exercise. And the next two exercises were reimagining past events where I have been hijacked by my, sab by my saboteurs, particularly the judge, and gone into a good, deep, negative state. And again, he says, by reimagining that situation, but then pulling back and imagining that you had spotted it, that you had, um, that I had uh, labeled it, and then I had used PQ reps, the exercises, to get into a more sage-like response and then taken a sage-like response to the situation. By imagining that, again, you're creating hard wiring, you're creating neural pathways that means the next time it happens, you're more likely to follow that. Again, genius. Now, I mentioned this to, to my pod today that I think we're getting to the stage now where the exercises they're doing are useful for informing what to be done, but actually probably more deeper work needs to be done on this to really nail this because I can see how this can already it's starting to shake the foundations of some of the challenges I've faced in my life but actually uh, more work is necessary to really embed this so I'm going to have to think about how and when I'm going to do that um, so but I'm still absolutely over the moon that um, I'm part of this program and I highly recommend it so positive intelligence Shazad Shamin so um, now let me tell you a story uh, at the moment, I'm looking at uh, revamping my business model. So I'm exploring, expanding my coaching service to, to re-include the study skills work that I used to do years ago because there are so many people who can benefit from the knowledge I have and the ability to share that knowledge about becoming an even better learner, especially when you suddenly find that all these kids have had months taken away from their education because of what's happened with COVID. So I've been following a number of business routes about how to position it, how to package it. And there's this one fabulous book called The um, uh, One Book Millions Method by Mike Shreve. Brilliant book on marketing. And I have been reading that. I've been listening to a couple of his videos explaining how he structured his business. And I was sat there having breakfast with my partner this morning. And my partner owns a hairdressing salon. And she's been hairdressing for years. And we were talking about people and we were talking about business. And Mike had just, on his video, shared about the uh, the ascension of someone from, from being 
um, someone who's interested to becoming a client, to become to becoming a customer, then to becoming a client, and how by offering value first and prove that you can add value first is a way that people will then start to maybe invest in the value you can offer them later on. And it's, he says it much better than I did. And so we were talking about that, and my partner was telling me how it's like that in the hairdressing world. And she told me this story, which I found absolutely hilarious. She says when someone comes into her salon, what she does for the first time, she goes and greets them, makes sure they feel comfortable, gets understands exactly what they want. And because certainly with, um, with ladies, hair is such an important part of their being and they place such value on it that the, the person they want to cut it and color it and style it needs to know exactly what they're doing. They want to feel that they need to know exactly what they're doing. And so my partner often feels under huge scrutiny when a new person comes in because they are putting their hair in her hands and they obviously want to be able to trust that so she can feel the scrutiny. So she does everything she possibly can to make them feel better in the way she, the questions that she asks, how she handles the hair, um, uh, what she recommends. And it's evolving a customer from being someone who just comes in for a cut to then maybe coming in for a cut and a blow dry and then maybe coming in a cut and a, a, a colour and then a full colour because that's where the more profitable end of the business is. Um, and it's a much better relationship because when someone has a colour, they come in on a regular basis to have it recoloured. So there's a whole confidence-gaining process in that that uh, is an important part of the value ladder for hairdressers. Now, I'm fascinated by this because I've gone and had my hair cut hundreds of times over the years, usually with the barber, the gents' hairdressers. And I have seen ladies' hairdressers for years and just, oh, okay, they cut and style hair and they do a really good job because uh, my previous previous relationships, it's always been a big part of their 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 um, self-grooming. So I understand the importance of value, but I've never really understood from the business side of it. So this idea of ascension through the value ladder was really important. And anyway, my partner told me this story about how sometimes, sometimes a mother will bring her daughter in for the first time, say, can you cut my daughter's hair, please? And then we'll watch the hairdresser, my partner, how she handles, how she handles the hair, how she handles her daughter, how she does the cut. Uh, and they might say, can you do a little bit of color? And how she does the color. They might even ask for a full color. And so I thought this was absolutely hilarious because what you've got is seemingly a mother caring about her daughter enough that she's going to allow her to go to a hairdresser and have her hair done. But actually, it's like a sacrificial lamb and she's, and she's pushing her daughter in the hands of a complete stranger to see whether she screws her hair up so that she knows that she won't have to go through that process if that happens. And I thought that was hilarious. Apparently, some also do it with their husbands. They bring their husbands in and they sit them down and watch how the hairstylist deals with the husband because that will give them an idea whether they can trust their own hair with the hairstylist, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Yes, you've got this mother caring for her daughter. No, she's not. She's just seeing whether she's going to suffer or not. So that was really, really funny. I just roared with laughter for ages when she told me that. Anyway, so I thought I'd share that with you because it's an interesting uh, business story. Um, so what else have I been doing today? Well, I've been doing content. So I've been revamping my study skills program, my online study skills program. And I've been going through, um, I, I'm going revamping the modules, uh, adding in a better use of technology, better use of graphics, better use of the ability to create videos 
but also understanding what I now know about, or more than I now know about neuroscience, about learning, about peak performance, um, applying those principles as well to make the content more accessible, more relevant, more consumable as well, and more bite-sized. So the module I had today had about seven or eight videos before, and now I've more or less doubled that by adding new content in, but also shortening them to make them very consumable. And this bite-sized chunk, instead of having like a 10-minute video where they might be telling three points, I've broken out the three points uh, and titled it, so it's very, very consumable. And I'm quite excited by not only that structure, but as, I've, as I'm re-evolving the content and the framework that I, I designed six years ago, I'm now, and it worked then, it was really good then, but now, I, I, based on the experience I've had, I'm making it even better. I'm really excited about what I've been developing. So that's a, an ongoing task, that, and I'm putting that together in support of uh, my current coaching client as well because they go hand in hand, and so uh, I'm really excited to see how that's going to work together with her. So it's a devol- it's a develop it's a developing it's a devol- <laughs> screw my words up there. It is a developing and evolving situation with this, but I'm really I'm getting a lot out of it, and it's one of those things that when it's in place. Uh, it'll then serve me and my clients for many years to come. Now, another thing that's uh, that's come as a result of that, and I think as a result of the positive intelligence work I'm doing, is that ideas are coming thick and fast at the moment um, to help me evolve this into the most effective way as it possibly can. And what's, what I'm finding happening is that solutions are emerging so what's happening is I'm moving forward, coming across a problem or a challenge or something is now I need to do something different about that. And so I couldn't have anticipated, but because I've taken a step forward, then take another step forward, then I've hit a brick wall. I didn't know two steps back was there. And then when I've got there, I thought, right, how can I do that? And then something else comes up and then solutions come up and all of a sudden I've got a solution that I, it's fabulous, in my opinion, really. But it's a really neat way of dealing with it. And I'm going, oh, that's really clever. I, I like that. And I don't know where that's come from. I really don't know where that's come from. And it's quite fascinating to watch the process and trust in the process that I take the steps forward. And whilst I may not know how I'm going to, I know that it is possible and the answer will come. And that's been happening time and time again. I'm finding that when I'm doing my meditation work, that's when the ideas come thick and fast, particularly in the morning. So I'm really pleased to see how that's happening. So that's today's episode, another busy day of both self-development and progress in my business. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how tomorrow evolves. So that's today's episode. Until tomorrow.